Ketubot Taf and Nun Bet, the last thing we were discussing was if a person did not write in the Ketubah that if his wife gets taken into captivity, he's going to redeem her and bring her back as a wife. It's a Tanai Bet Din and she automatically, he has to redeem her and bring her back. And we saw in the Gemara that at times if she did it Beratzon, then she does not go back to her husband. If she did it, it was out of onus, she does go back to her husband. And what cases would be considered Beratzon, or what would be considered Shelo uh, Beratzon, what would be considered honest? And with that, we're starting Nun Aleph Amud Bet, two lines from the bottom, by the two dots where it says, if a Kohenet was taken into captivity, he can't bring her back, so he just uh, he has to redeem her and, and let her go back to her city. They can't stay married, but he has to redeem her. And Amara Baye, Almana le Kohen Gadol, if an Almana is married to Kohen Gadol, and we know that marriage is not allowed, still Hayav Lifdota, he still has to redeem her. Shani Koreba, because this is exactly what the Ketuba means when it says, Ob Kohenet Limdinatech. By a Kohenet, he has to say, I'm going to redeem you and let you go back to your own country. We're not going to stay married, but you could go back home. This is a Gemara later on, Davkof in Yebamot, that although they're not allowed to be married to each other, if they got married together, they're there's still some things that the Kohen Gadol has to do for his Almana wife. He has to do whatever is the ikar, the main point of the, the the ketubah part, but all the extras, he doesn't have to. So he doesn't have to feed her. He doesn't have to heal her. But when it comes to redeeming, this is part of the actual part of the ketubah, and therefore he has to do it. That's the way he looks at it. However, mamzeret untina Israel, if it's a mamzeret or it's a netina, one of those givonim that David Melech and Yahshua said they're not allowed to be part of our uh, people, Enochayavliftotai doesn't have to redeem her. Very simply, She'en ani koreba ve'otvinach lilaintu, because we cannot say what it says in the Ketubah, we cannot say to her, and you will sit here and be my wife. Now, Rabbah argues, Rabbah Amar, kol she'isur shivya gorem la hayavliftota. Rabbah explains very simple. If the reason they're not allowed to be together is because, uh, because she was taken to captivity, then okay, then you have to redeem her, whatever the case may be. If something else is causing her not to be able to come back to him, and then he doesn't have to redeem her. So now with this Kohen, if from the Torah they're not allowed to be together, then he doesn't have to redeem her. If from the Torah they're allowed to be together, just she was taken to captivity, then he has to redeem her. And Lema Ketana, it sounds like Abaye and Rabbah's Machloket is like a Machloket that we learned in Mishnah, Hamadir Tishto Venishbet, if a person vows that he's not going to be anywhere near his wife, he's not going to have any Hana'ah from her. So the rule is they have to get divorced. Venishbet, and then she was taken to captivity, Rabbi Ezra Omer Podea Venoten Laktubata, he has to redeem her. And then he has to get divorced and give her her ketubah. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, noten la ketubata ve'eno podea. He can give her a ketubah money, but he doesn't have to redeem her. Amar Rabbi Natan, she'alti et sumchus, ha'es sumchus, she'amar Rabbi Yeshua, noten la ketubata ve'eno podea. When Rabbi Yeshua said that he gives her a ketubah and doesn't redeem her, is it she'hidirahul basof nishbet? Is it dafka when he vowed not to have any benefit for her and then she, uh, then she went into uh, captivity? Or... Or are we talking about a situation where she was taken to captivity and then he vowed not to have uh, any benefit from her? And some explained, I don't know 
However, when you're in the varim shehidiyal basof nishma, it looks like it sounds like what Rabbi Yosho said is we're talking about a situation where he vowed, and then uh, she, then she was taken to captivity. Because if we're talking about a situation where she was taken to captivity and then he vowed, then he and he doesn't have to uh, redeem her. So a lot of people are going to trickery, meaning they're going to uh, they're going to see that their wife was taken to captivity. He doesn't want to redeem her, so he's just going to vow. So now my love. Isn't the mahog between Avay and Rava by a Kohen who uh, vowed that his wife is not going to have any benefit from him? Meaning, by Israel, if he vowed that his wife can't have any benefit from him, then for sure, even according to Rabbi Eliezer, he wouldn't have to redeem her because he wouldn't be able to remarry her. He couldn't say, I'm going to redeem like like, it says, I'm going to redeem you and bring you back as my wife. She's a sort of thing because you vowed she can't come back to you. It's only with the, the only issues with the, the wife of a Kohen who's a sort of even without uh, the vow. It's because she was with someone else. But still, he has to redeem her and bring her back. So you could say, the Abaye who held an Almanat, you have to redeem her. The Amar Kiribi, the Ezer, like the Ezer. Since he holds, you have to redeem her no matter what, and also you'd have to redeem her over here also. Meaning it doesn't make a difference if she's just married to him and she's a sur or he had the vow. The Rabah who held that if something else is causing her to, to not be able to come back to him, then he doesn't have to redeem her. He holds like that if a person vows that his wife can't have any benefit from him, and she was taken to captivity, you don't have to redeem her. Why? Because she was Asur for a different reason, not just because of the honest, and he wouldn't have to be Poder. And that's what Rabbah holds. The Gemara says, Lo, that's not Abayan Rabbah's Mahloket. They're not talking about Rabbi uh, Yaiz and Yeshua, the wife of a Kohen. Like, no, that's not what they're talking about. Rather, Hachabimar Askinan, what are we talking about? We're talking about Israel's wife. Kegon Shinadra Ihi Vekiyem Lahu. We're talking about a situation where she's the one who made the vow. She's the one who said, I'm never going to have any benefit from you. And he kept his mouth shut. He let her uh, keep that vow. Okay, you don't want to have any benefit from me. Fine, I have no problem. held. He's the one causing that vow to stand. He's the one who's making her asur to him because he has. The, he got annul the vow, but he doesn't want to. And therefore... He has to redeem her. She's the one who made the vow. She's the one who put her finger between her teeth, meaning it's her fault, and therefore her husband doesn't have to redeem her. Nikmah has a problem with that because he not She's the one who put her finger between her teeth, meaning if it's her fault, then ktuba my abita. Then why does he have to give her her ktuba money? She's the one who caused this. Vetu, and on top of that, Amar Rabbi Natan shalti et sumchus kshem. Amar Rabbi Yosua noten naktubata venopodea. Rabbi Natan said I asked to about Rabbi Yosua, and he said that he gives her ktuba and he doesn't have to redeem her. What are we talking about? Shediral basof nishbet. Are we talking about a situation where he vowed and then she was taken captivity, or benishbet or basof shediral? We're talking about a situation where she was taken captivity and then he vowed. The Amar lo shamati and Sumchus said to me, I didn't hear. And if we're talking about a situation where she's the one who vowed, what do I care if there was a vow first and then captivity or captivity first, then a vow? What do make a difference? At the end of the day, it's not his fault that he should be patur from redeeming her. 
Ela le'olam, rather, what are we talking about? The adra ihu. He's the one who vowed. The abaye metaretz ta'ameh, the rabba metaretz ta'amen. Abaye and rabba each answer up the brayta according to their reasoning. Abaye metaretz ta'ameh, abaye explains according to his reason and explains. Almana, who's married to the Kohen Gadol, who was taken into captivity, kulea alma, rabbi li'ezer, and rabbi Yoshua, lopli get the hayav l'tudah. Everyone will agree that he has to redeem her. Why? Because at the end of the day, you could always keep that part of the Ketubah where it says, if you're a Kohenit, I'll redeem you and send you back home. Mamzertun tina Israel kule alma lopligedeno hayav liftota. According to everyone, he doesn't have to redeem her because, again, what does it say in the Ketubah? That he brings her back home to, to, to be with him and she is not allowed to. Madir eshet kohenami kule alma lopligedeno hayav liftota. If a person vows that, that his wife's not going to have a benefit from him and he's a Kohen, everyone will agree that he has to redeem her because, again, he could send her back home after redeeming her. The Hainu Almanal Kohen Gadot, the same thing as Almanal Kohen Gadot we explained before. Keep what are we talking about? Bimadir Eshet Israel. Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Yeshua were arguing in a situation where Israel, uh, he's the one who uh, vowed uh, that his wife doesn't have any benefit from him. Because when they wrote up that uh, ketubah originally, he could keep the, the, the that condition that if she gets taken in captivity, he could bring her back. And then when he uh, w- when she was actually taken into captivity, much later on, there was a there was a vow sometime in between. Rabbi Ezra goes by the original time when they got married. Rabbi Yeshua Azil Batar Basof, and Rabbi Yeshua goes by the end. Rabbi Ezra goes by the time when they wrote the Ketubah and everything is good, and therefore he has to redeem her. And according to Rabbi Yeshua, he goes by the end, and right now they can't go back to being together, and therefore he does not have to redeem her. That's the way Abaye explains everything. Rabbah explains the, according to his reasoning. Almana lekoen gadol mamzirutin al Israel. Everybody they're not arguing. They doesn't have to uh, redeem her. And Almana, who's married to Kohen Gadol, you don't have to redeem because he doesn't have to redeem her and send her back to her country unless the only Isur that, they, that there is is because of her captivity. Here, there's a different Isur, meaning whatever was written in the Ketubah could never have came into fruition because it was no good from the beginning. It's the same idea with the Mamzeret Netina, the Israel. He doesn't have to redeem her because even when they wrote the Ketubah back then or later, whatever it is, the, the, the Ketubah could never have come into fruition. Keep Where's the machloket Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua? Bemadir ben Eshet Kohen or ben Eshet Israel. If a person vowed that his wife cannot have any benefit from him, whether he's a Kohen or Israel, and she was taken into captivity, so now Rabbi Eliezer Azil Batam Aikara. Rabbi Eliezer goes by what was written down on that contract in that Ketubah at the beginning when they got married, and therefore he has to redeem her no matter what the case is. Whether she's an Eshet Kohen, Eshet Israel, if he, he vowed that she can't be married, that she they can't stay married, they vowed they can't have benefit. Yeah, but when you got married, the Ketubah was the Ketubah, and you already signed. Rabbi Yoshua Azil Batar Basov, Rabbi Yoshua goes by the time when she was taken in captivity, and right now when she was taken to captivity, there was a vow that you can't have benefit from each other, and that's why, according to Rabbi Yoshua, you don't have to redeem her. Next, we learn the Mishnah, Nishbet, if a woman was taken to captivity, Hayav Lifdota, her husband has to free her. Tanur Abana, Nishbet Behaye Bala, if a woman was taken to captivity while her husband's alive, Hakach Met Bala, but then he died, Hikir Bala, 
if the husband knew that she was taken to captivity before he died, and at that point he's hayav to redeem her, yorshin hayavin Then the yorshin have to redeem her from his, from the husband's money because he's already mit hayav before he passed away. Loi kirbabalaf, the husband didn't know about it, meaning the the obligation to free her didn't start yet. And yorshin hayavin lifdota. Then the Yorshin don't have to fear using his money. Levi wanted to do exactly what this Braita uh, said. And he wanted to be Mehayev the Yetomim to free the woman. This is what my uncle, my, my loved one, Rabbi Hiyah, said to me. The halacha is not like this Mishnah. Rather than like the following Brayta. If a lady was taken to captivity after her husband died, the Yetomim, the orphans, don't have to redeem her using their father's money. Not only that, even if she was taken to captivity while her husband's alive, and then her husband died. The Yetomim don't have to redeem her. Because we don't say, um, because we don't say that they're going to bring her back to wife, meaning that Ktuba doesn't, uh, doesn't work anymore. The husband died, the Yoshim are not Hayav, their father is Hayav, they're not. And Tanura Banan, Nishbet, if a woman was taken to captivity, and they're asking for a ransom ten times her worth, meaning whatever her worth would be if they sold her as a Shifha in the, in the market, they're, they're, they're asking for ten times as much. Palm Rishon, the first time she's taken to captivity, Podeh, he has to redeem her. Mikan Belach, after that, Ratzah Podeh, Ratzah Podeh, if he wants, he could redeem her, if he wants, he doesn't really want to redeem her, that's Tanakama. Rabban Shemo Megamni El Omer, En Podin et HaShevuyin Yoter Al Kedeh Demehen. We do not redeem people who are taken to captivity even the first time around, more than their worth. Just for the way of the world, meaning because then the, the, these uh, kidnappers are just going to ask for whatever they want. It sounds like if they're asking exactly her worth, then you have to redeem. Even though whatever the money they ask for the ransom is more than the ktuba money. Or min here we have a brayta. It says nishbet if a person's wife was taken to captivity, and they're asking ten times her worth. First time around, okay, then he has to redeem. Second time around, after that, he doesn't. If he wants, he could redeem. If he doesn't want, doesn't have to redeem. If her ransom was equal to what her ktuba is, then podeh, then okay, then he has to redeem her. Imlav, and if not, eno podeh, then he doesn't have to redeem her. And you see from Rabban Shimon Gamliel over here that the husband doesn't have to redeem his wife if it's worth more than the ktuba money. So the Quran explains Rabban Shimon Gamliel Gamliel has two leniencies. Number one, that the husband doesn't have to redeem her more than what she would be worth if they sold her as a as a shifhan in the marketplace, even if that's less than the ktuba money. And also, he doesn't have to redeem her more than her ktuba money, even if it's less than what she's worth. Now, next part, lakta hayav lerapota. If this woman got sick, uh, she has a disease, then he has to pay for her medical bills. Tanura banan. Almana nizonet minichse yetomim, and Almana gets her food from the assets of the yetomim that they inherited from their father. 
because that was the condition in zonot. And if she needs medicine, if she needs healing, that's like a food. And therefore, they have to pay, the Yatomim would have to pay for her medical bills. Depends. If it's a sort of disease that, okay, there's a, there's a limit to how much money they can spend, then okay, fine. Then nitrapet miktubata, then she gets the money for her medical bills from the ktuba money that, that she's supposed to get. She ain't like it, but but if there's no there's no set amount of how much these medical bills are gonna cost, it becomes like food, and therefore you take out from her husband's uh, assets. And Amara Biohanan the Betin Eretz Israel Asuha Kazatam Beret Israel Kirfua Sheen Lakitzba. Betin in Eretz Israel they did bloodletting like a, like a healing a medicine that there's no limit meaning it, the money to, to pay the doctor for bloodletting is going to come out of her husband's uh, money out of her uh, husband's asset you don't even have to pay for it it doesn't come out of the Ktuba money and that's only in Eretz Israel because they would uh, do this every single day it was uh, so there was like no re- limit but other places they only do it two three times a year okay then there is a limit and therefore would come out of her Ktuba money Keriveh Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Yohanan's relatives, Hava Lehu Itat Abba, they had, the, their father had a wife that they would have to uh, pay for. She needed a healing every single day. They came to Rabbi Yohanan, listen, it's costing us way too much, how do you, how do you help us over here? Amar Lehu, Ezilu Kutsu Midi Lerofe. Go to the doctor and tell him, we're going to give you a set price, whatever you want to heal this lady for the rest of her life, and that's it. And then it becomes a refuah with the kitzbah. It becomes a refuah with a set amount. And then it's going to come out of her ktubah money. So Amar Yohanan said, really, I, I acted like a lawyer over here. Instead of like a rabbi, I acted like a lawyer. I gave them an idea how to get out of paying. So the Gemara asks, "Ma'ikara, my savar." In the beginning, when he gave him the idea, what was he thinking? Uldasof, my savar. And what was he thinking when he felt bad? So Ma'ikara savar. Originally, he thought, "Umi besarcha lotit alam." It says, "From your besarcha, from your own flesh, meaning from your relatives, don't stay away." Meaning, if you have an idea of how to help them and save money, then you have to give it to them. So that's therefore he gave them an idea how to make that uh, make that healing money a set amount that comes out of rektuba. Ulbasov, when he felt bad, Savar, he, he felt that Adam Hashuv Shani, maybe with me, where Adam Hashuv, where I'm an important person, I shouldn't have given them this sort of idea to get out of the paying. Meaning, we always have to be careful from acting like a lawyer in Archedayanim and giving people advice on how to get out of paying things. Next, Mishnah. Let's say a husband didn't write for his wife in the Ketubah, Benin Dechrin Devud Lechiminai. Uh, you, the boys that you we're going to have together inun yartun kesef they are going to be your resh they're going to inherit the money of york tuba yater al except for the regular part that they're going to get with their brothers meaning my boys from a different wife hayav you still you still have to give her boys the the boys that you, they both had together you still have to give them their mother's money of the, her ktuba money. Why? That is a condition of betin. And Rashi explains that sometimes the brothers would rather get their mother's ktuba money rather than share evenly with all the other brothers. 
let's say their mother's ketubah is worth more, I guess he, he was mishabed himself to more money than the first wife. Or let's say there's five, six brothers from the first wife and they're splitting that pot. And then there's two brothers from the second wife. So if they split everyone together, they're going to get a smaller pot. They're going to, it's going to be split between six, seven people. But if uh, they're getting their mother's ketubah, they're getting a bigger piece of the pie. So sometimes they'd rather it that way and they have a right because that's naibetin. It's a condition of the betin uh, institutes in every ketubah. Second thing, Let's say he did not write that any girls that we have together, they're going to sit in my house and after I pass away and they're going to eat from the, the money of my inheritance until they get married. Let's say he didn't write that. Still, Hayav, he has to keep that condition. It's a condition of Betin that the girls that you have eat from your inheritance until they get married. And third, let's say he didn't write, You are going to sit in my house, meaning after I pass away, you're going to sit in my house, and you're going to eat from my money, from my estate, as long as you're living as a widow in my house. Let's say you didn't write that. Hayav, still, they have to keep that condition, and she eats from the estate. Why? It's a condition of betin. This is exactly what the people of Yerushalayim used to write for their wives in the Ketubah. And Anshe Galil, Ayukotvin, Kanshe Yerushalayim, the people of Galil used to write like Yerushalayim, and Anshe Uda, Ayukotvin, in the Ketubah, that she continues eating from the state until the Yorshim, until the, the boys, the inheritors, they, they give her entire Ketubah money and let her go out free. And then, okay, then that's your, that's one lump sum, eat from that. Therefore, if the Yorshin want to give her, her one lump sum of Ketubah and they let her go free, meaning we don't have to feed you anymore, you can now eat from this uh, pile of money. The Gemara starts, Amar B'Yohanan Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben Yohai why were Hachamim, why did Beti and that the boys, uh, they inherit their mother's Ketubah money Really, technically, from the Torah, a husband is Yoresh's wife. Really, it belongs to the husband. Why should the kids get it? So the Gemara explains, So a person, when he's marrying off his daughter, he should write her a dowry the same way he writes uh, for his son money, he should also write for his daughter. Meaning, if he knows that his uh, grandchildren are going to get a lot of money from the Ketubah, then he's going to give in a lot of money. So this person will also raise uh, the Ketubah money. It's like a sort of a deal. This way he knows that if anything happens with uh, my with his daughter, at least he knows that her children are going to be taken care of. But if the husband's going to get all that money, like the Torah says, then her, her father is not going to want to give a lot of money because... Uh, all, all the money, all, all the everything, all the jewelry, whatever he's giving to the dowry, then if that's going to be split with this man's other children, then I'm not going to give a lot of uh, money to the dowry. So a person's not going to jump in and give a lot for his daughter. So that's why Hakamim Mumetaken that her boys get her ktuba. So the Gemara now asks, Is there something in the Torah where Hashem said? That the boy inherits, the girls should not inherit. 
ועטור הבנן ומתקנה דתירות ברתן חכמים כמנדי say that the girls are going to inherit meaning לכאורה when we are מתקן this we're, we're taking away money from the boys because if this person, person Yaakov is marrying off his daughter and he's giving all the money to her dowry nothing is going to be left for the boys the Gemara says, "Hanami deoraita who not to give a dowry to his daughter is also deoraita." Dichtiv kechun nashim veholidu banim ubanot ukhud bnechem nashim vedbenotechem tenula nashim. You see that it's on the father to marry off his boys and his girls. So bishlama banim bidekaime. I get it. His boys are in his hands. He could go find the girl for his son. That's easy. But his daughters is in his hands. He can't go uh, find them a person. Meaning, usually, a, a boy looks for a girl. It's not the other way around. The girl doesn't go around looking for a man. It's rather, what's the what's the hidush from this pasuk that didn't uh, You have to get her nice clothing. You gotta get her some nice uh, jewelry. And you gotta put in a nice dowry. So people can jump on her and they want to marry her. So how much does a father have to give for the dowry of his daughters? Until a tenth of his uh, assets. So now the Gemara asks, if the whole reason that we're metakin that the boys get their mother's ketubah as inheritance is so the, the grandfather could give a bigger dowry, why don't we just say something else? Let the kids be orish, whatever their grandfather gave in, all the dowry money. But their father, whatever he put into the ketubah, the money, the ketubah, all that stuff, that they shouldn't be orish. From their mother's ketubah. So whatever the, the grandfather put in to the marriage, okay, they'll get. Whatever their father put in the marriage, they don't get. They'll split with the rest of their brothers. The grandma says, Imken, if that's the case, that the boys will only get whatever their grandfather, their mother's father put in. Avnami mimna katab. Then uh, the father, the the, the woman's uh, father, is not going to want to write anything in the dowry for his daughter. Meaning, if her new husband is not going to give over anything as inheritance to his kids, why should I want to give a dowry to these kids? So why don't we say, listen, whenever the father wrote uh, whatever it is, the dowry, uh, whatever certain amount he wrote, then the husband should write the same amount or the same idea. But if the father didn't put in that much money into the dowry, so the husband won't either. The Gemara says, Lo plug Hachamim didn't differentiate. It's the same halacha throughout. So now the Gemara asks, then, Bat ben habanim nami terut. If there's a girl from one wife, and then there's boys from another wife, the girl should get her mother's ketubah. The Gemara answers, No, Ken Hachamim made this like an inheritance, and only boys get an inheritance. So the Gemara asks, then bat ben habanot terut. And if it's girls here and girls here, then she should get her mother's uh, ketubah. The Gemara says, lo plug rabbanu hachamim didn't differentiate. Doesn't make a difference if there's boys on this side and 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 a girl over here or girls over here and girls side. It's always a girl is not yoresh, the ketubah of her mother. So now the Gemara asks, So let if the boys are already getting their mother's ketubah, they should be able to get it even from movable objects that the father has, not just land. The Gemara says, No. Hachami made it like the same rules as a ketubah, which could only be taken from actual land. 
So the Gemara says, if that's the case, then Titrof Mishabedeh says that the boys get the money even from land that was sold to other people. They should be able to extract that land and get their mother's ketubah. The Gemara says, Yirtun Tenan. It says, it has to be like an inheritance. And there's no inheritance from land that the father sold. Now the Gemara asks, Let's say, the boys should get the, their mother's ketubah even if there's no extra money. Meaning, if the father has exactly the same amount for both ketubot, let's say ketubah, one the first wife, second wife, let the boys get their mother's ketubah. But on Daft Sadi Alif, we learned that if it's exactly even, then the boys don't get their mother's ketubah. Rather, we're going to split everything like a regular inheritance. So the answer is, If there's not going to be anything left, and there's not going to be a, a regular inheritance like the Torah wants, then Hachamim were not metaken this ketubat benin dechrin. This, uh, the fact that the boys could take their mother's ketubah. So if there's an extra dollar, okay, they could split that dollar like an inheritance the right, then we're okay. But if there's no extra inheritance and everyone's going to get exactly, then we're, we're not going to do that. And rather, we're going to say, just split everything like the Torah wants. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.